Ah, yes. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, the YSO podcast. And of course, that that soothing music to uh, to go into the intro for this one means, of course, we've got a little course review here. And as JTL and I alluded to uh, in the uh, the last week's pod, that taking a little break. So we've got one in the can here that we wanted to kind of go back and uh, in play and uh, you know playing around with some of the editing tools and whatnot and having some fun with that. But uh, a little course review of a place called Winter Park 9. So down in Winter Park, Florida, that uh, JTL and some friends were able to play earlier this year. I want to say back in February, March of 2021. And so uh, going to go through the course review and kind of go through some of the history, a couple of interviews as well uh, around Winter Park 9 and kind of what makes it such a special course. And again, JTL definitely enjoyed his time there and, uh, and gushed about it and uh, is definitely going to be going back at some point in the near future. And I hope to be able to tag along as well. So before we get into the course review for Winter Park 9, of course, we have to show some love to our primary sponsor. And of course, that is Chalk Sports Bar, right? So everybody knows where Chalk is, 1324 West Memorial Road there in Chisholm Creek Plaza. Uh, You can follow Ben, Chad, Audrey, and the entire Chalk team on the web at chalkokc.com or follow them on Twitter and Instagram at ChalkOKC. And again, don't forget that we'll be doing a special Chalk slash YSO event there on Friday afternoon, September 24th, between 3 and 6 p.m. Uh, in celebration of the Ryder Cup, right? So opening day of the Ryder Cup. Uh, looking forward to that and all the action unfolding up at Whistling Straits up in Wisconsin. Again, uh, we'll be here before we know it. Friday afternoon, September 24th. Maybe, maybe slip out of work just a couple hours early. Come join us, uh, have a fine beverage or two, and join in on all the fun that uh, we'll be doing there with our friends at Chalk. Always the favorite, that is Chalk Luxury Sports Bar. So here is Jay Till and his main man, Cody Fisher, with a little back and forth and kind of the main course review, if you will, for Winter Park 9, and I think you're going to enjoy this, ladies and gentlemen. Have fun with it. JT here flying solo uh, to fully break down an awesome golf experience that I had actually back in February of 2021. I actually was on a family vacation to Orlando, Florida, was able to sneak in a day, a full day, as you'll hear of golf. But first, I want to talk about uh, another amazing golf destination. This episode brought to you by our friends at Boiling Springs Golf Club. Now, listener, you should be very familiar with Boiling Springs at this point, as much as I've gushed on and on about it on the pod, but there's never been a better time to get up to this sand belt gym in Northwest Oklahoma. Boiling Springs is offering stay and play packages starting at a mere $75, including lodging and unlimited golf. Yeah, unlimited golf, all you can play in a comfy place to lay your head after 36 or 45 or a 54-hole marathon day. Uh, Again, that's Boiling Springs Golf Club. They like to say close enough for a day trip, but far enough to be a destination. I want to thank Jeff and the squad there at Boiling Springs for being such great supporters of the podcast. Uh, But back to the matter at hand, I want to introduce um, the guy who rode shotgun on this experience. I I had the, the really 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 good fortune of escaping winter weather 
in Oklahoma. Those who can uh, remember or were living in Oklahoma City in February of 2021 realized a 20, uh, excuse me, 100 year winter apocalypse took place. And by mere coincidence, uh, my family and I had a trip planned that week to go down to Orlando, take in the theme parks and the like. Big Harry Potter folks here in the Teal household. Um, and if that wasn't an amazing amount of good fortune um, to be blessed with, also just so happened that a fellow golf sicko and I uh, were in town at the same time. That is none other than friend of the podcast, Mr. Cody Fisher, Malibu Fish. Welcome on to the You're Still Out podcast, my friend. I see you're right there in the RV Command Center. Uh, how are you this morning? Hey, what's up, JT? Uh, doing good. Yeah, doing good. Um, as you mentioned, in the RV Command Center, uh, yeah, my, my family and I are full-time RVers. And uh, yeah, we spent last uh, winter in, in Florida. So yeah, we were uh, fortunate to catch you when you came through Orlando. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that, again, coincidental, right? Are we, uh, um, I think it planned the vacation, not that, I mean, maybe like October, November. And that was really about the time that you had um, kind of told me and I found out that you did the RV thing full time, start talking scheduling and it's like wow we're going to be literally 20 minutes away from each other and um decide we need to play some golf i was able to negotiate in that one one day of golf in the in between harry potter land and disney world and the like but we uh played a golf course that maybe most folks would not guess that we played you think orlando you know you think bay hill you think orange county national there's some real spots there being a good weather destination but uh that's not the way the the uh, the golf sicko society uh works we found ourselves at a nine hole absolute gym called winter park nine wp9 uh right there in uh, in the vacation uh, destination of winter park so fish talk to us a little bit about the the location of the golf course uh interesting in its uh environment we'll say yeah 100 percent uh so for those of you that are not uh familiar with winter park um i, I would highly recommend that you, that you look it up kind of as we're, we're talking about it here because um it is you know I, I know we've all played golf courses that are located within the city limits of uh you know whatever city that they're at but uh Winter Park Nine is um, it's it weaves in and out and throughout the city of, of Winter Park. Um, I mean, it's truly just patches of grass uh, in between <laughs> streets and houses and buildings. Um, I've you know never seen anything like it before. It was uh, it was really interesting. Well, I when we say in the middle of town, I mean, smack dab worked for, you know, there were, um, there were carpool to the, uh, the local elementary school that we walked through, uh, on multiple occasions. Uh, we had folks doing kind of uh, home renos that were uh, right in the, in the line of fire. <laughs> but, uh, you know, from a history standpoint, winter park nine, uh, we used to be winter park 27 
It opened in uh, 1914, so again, 107 years old, and really was built prior to the complete explosion of Winter Park as a uh, the town as a vacation destination. Think about, you know, back in the day, trains coming in from the Northeast from the, for the Snowbirds, uh, but then wouldn't have even known that it was 27 holes if I hadn't kind of looked up in the men's bathroom and saw that. I don't know if you remember <laughs> that kind of framed yeah, uh, old routing looking picture that showed 27 holes. And I was like, well, wait a second, where, where did all that go? Yeah. But it kind of made sense. The explosion of winter park as a vacation town, it got built up and the growth of the neighborhood kind of trimmed it down to nine holes, um, which made for yeah, quite an, you know, intimate, intimate routing uh, you'd say um now even though it's super old and been there forever probably hasn't been on folks radar until the last five years uh malibu talk us through a little bit of we'll call it uh, winter parks kind of claim claim to fame how did you hear about it originally that sort of thing yeah um i mean kind of both you know both the the fried egg and and no laying up uh, covering it, um, you know, is how, how I heard about it first, you know, they were talking about the, the renovation that was done. Um, and that, you know, I think that's kind of when it like really kind of popped up on, um, somewhat of the national radar, you know, sort of the, the, the national radar of, of the golf sickos at least. Um, and when it started to kind of gain some, some, some notoriety and, and things like that. Yeah. And at that point, the reason it was getting that notoriety Obviously, it was because of the um, the restoration that was, um, and, and frankly, probably renovation as well, back in 2016, um, that kind of got it on even those folks' radar, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, you know, that's why they kind of originally went out and, and, and covered it. Um, um, yeah, so yeah, that's that's when they picked it up. And, you know, the condition of the course at that point, really had, had gotten um, yeah, pretty rough. Um, you talk about Winter Park itself. It's a fairly, um, uh, what would the, minted, well-heeled well little uh, vacation destination, and, and the golf course had certainly fallen into disrepair. And so this good on the city of Winter Park, you know, kind of deciding to invest in the golf course itself, hired Keith Reb, Riley Johns, uh, for those of you who are into the golf architecture nerddom you'll recognize those names uh, especially keith reb kind of a core crenshaw shaper worked on cabot cliffs worked on sheep ranch uh, restoration of old town club and i really thought it was refreshing to see a municipality put dollars into the actual golf course i know that you and i and and hop and a few other folks kind of lament the fact that a lot of dollars are put into golf course adjacent facilities and not the actual golf course. Uh, what were your thoughts just on the way they went about that restoration and um, kind of the things that came out of that in a, in a positive way? It was, as you just said, it was refreshing to see um, just how good of a job that they did with the golf course itself. Uh, and then sort of combined with the fact that like the clubhouse was like, very underwhelming uh 
yeah it in in relation to what you normally see when a quote-unquote golf course restoration is I mean, done and under, underwhelming makes it sound like a slight <laughs> i would say it was like right it was like right-sized yeah to the golf course to know. the golf course to to the to the city of, of winter park there i mean yeah it, right. it was truly like they you know they they redid the course and did everything that they could possibly do to the course and the like that was just where the clubhouse uh like that was the only space left for the clubhouse right like that was that was like the afterthought of it all versus i mean you know what what we see a lot of times is the the clubhouse gets the the big huge renovation and the big huge expansion and uh the golf course uh you know kind of kind of gets forgotten about you know like there there isn't enough room left in the budget uh after they're done with the the clubhouse so right yeah yeah the place that you know folks will check into and you know spend five minutes uh yeah in the clubhouse and four hours out on the golf course yet the clubhouse is where we put all the money yeah and there are reasons there are reasons for that but go ahead and even, and even with all that said like i mean you and i both talked about with as small of a clubhouse that it was like it was a, a very efficient space the merchandising in there was incredible it was, we, both, yeah. we both spent quite a bit of money in there um or the usual so, yeah. <laughs> so, um, that was, I don't know. That was cool. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah. it's kind of a, it's everything you needed, nothing you didn't right? a little place to grab a snack, uh, check in and pay, use the bathroom, um, and great merch selection. Um, yeah. but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you. Uh, that was uh, very refreshing. Um, I think another thing that was cool that they were able to do is, because they kind of took a minimalistic approach to how they restored the golf course, didn't put a bunch of money into a clubhouse. They came in under budget, which uh, is a rarity these days and put those dollars into uh, a nine hole putting course for the community. That's absolutely free. I know, I know we'll probably talk about that a little bit later, but come in under budget, short grass everywhere uh, helped with, not needing to maintain, you know, large sections of rough and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, I think overall the restoration was a, was a huge success, but, uh, let's get to it, man. I know folks really want to hear about the golf course itself. This is a course review pod. So let's talk about the golf course. Let's just start with uh, an open-ended general impressions of WP nine. We'll kind of get to specific holes a little bit later. But uh, walk us through your impressions. We spent a lot of time there that day, so you should have a lot of them. But uh, let me just tee up and let you go off on your general impressions of the nine-holer. Yeah, man. Um, Yeah, as you said, we spent a lot of time there. We went round and round and round all day. Um, And, you know, we I could have come back the next day and just done it again. Um, (laughs) It was... um, it's an interesting course in that it's extremely short, um, but it's it's not easy just because it's short. Um, in fact, I thought the most difficult hole was was the shortest hole on the course. Um, but it's you know like we said earlier, like it is it's I, I you know I watched the no land up uh, you know. Uh, the, the video that they did on it and it just doesn't do it justice until you, if you actually see it in person 100%. as far as how much it is truly just weaves in and out of the city of Winter Park Nine. 
Uh, and I think it really hit me. I mean, it hit me when we first pulled up, but then it really hit me like when we were walking off one green and you literally have to like cross a city street. Like you, have to, <laughs> you have to check for traffic both ways to cross the street to like get to number two. And then you do that same thing again from number two to number three. And then from number four to number five. And you know what I mean? Like you just, you cross like city streets, like throughout the entire course of the round. Yeah. And um, I think uh, yeah. just real quick talking about the crossing back and forth of streets and yeah, I, at least right now, a large majority of folks who listen to the pod uh, are, are local to Oklahoma city or, or Oklahoma and just envision like at Lincoln park where you're, you're crossing the you know little grand boulevard to get yeah. over to the east course imagine that you played like, a hole and then you cross yeah. back over the street and then you play a couple holes yeah. and you cross back over the street that's that what it is vibe, yeah. yeah yeah that's what the entire round is like literally every hole or every other hole you're you're crossing the street like that and yet um, i didn't find with, it off-putting right it's almost like part yeah. of the a cool experience uh, where it didn't make the course necessarily feel disjointed. Um, but yeah, it was very, very prevalent. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, short grass everywhere. I mean, no, no rough at all. Um, you know, impossible to lose a ball. Unless, unless, of course, uh, you hit it in somebody's backyard. Um, which the backyards are. I guess you still maybe right, still didn't right off lose it, but you just you know we're not allowed to go to yeah. go hit after. I it. couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't go past the no trespassing signs. <laughs> Beware of dog. <laughs> um, Love it. yeah, and you know, um, uh, you know, I mean that was uh, as prevalent as ever on um, you know my favorite hole, um. You know, we, we, you know, which one, which one is your favorite JT? I mean, as far as just kind of getting into which hole really stood out to you the, you know, the most, or which one was your favorite? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Getting into favorite hole at WP nine. Um, yeah. yeah. I, well, first of all, the sign of an amazing golf course to me, and I've said this on the pod before is when you leave the golf course, you can, uh, for the first time, you can remember every hole. And that was definitely the case here. Now, for the listener who will kind of, you know, is the cynic and says, well, it's only nine holes and you played it, you know, four times. Of course you can yeah. remember every hole, but still when you can, what we're, we're recording this in August, 2020 or sorry, September, 2021, when eight months later, you can still vividly remember every single hole. That is yeah. uh, to me, a sign of, of a great course. So with that, it's kind of hard to choose. Um, I think number six um, look at my screen here. Make sure I got the right hole. Yeah. Number six, it's a, it's a short par four, probably 280, 290, but it is, uh, this gentle kind of dog leg to the right and on the, all up the right side, huge grove of trees. And the thing that I loved about number six, a, it's a short four, which rarely, if you ask me, what's your favorite hole on XYZ course, am I not going to say a short par four? Because of two reasons. Options galore on a short four. Yeah. But also, as, a, as the grandpa of the group, being a little bit of a short knocker, uh, I like it. It gives me a better chance to make a birdie, uh, or in some cases, uh, a chance just to make a par. 
Um, and so I was able, you know, kind of play down the left, you know, kind of play my little baby fade down there. You were, my, you were, you were peeling fades around those trees. It I was, was, uh, you, hit, you, hit, you had two or three of them in a row there that were, that were really nice. Yeah. So, and also, as we always say, you can't separate how you played a hole or a course from how much you liked it. And I played that hole very well. I think I was probably <laughs> even par one under for that, uh, you know, four, four loop stretch. Um, but mostly I think it was just the options, like where I was kind of playing it down the left, or I guess playing it, you know, down the center, you had the ability kind of being a high ball, long ball hitter to take it <laughs> over those trees, right. And try to get it up there to the green and drive the green. But then, you know, you kind of took the risk of you doing that. And there was a bunker right there at the front. You know, if you got yeah. a little bit out of position, it was a really difficult uh, chip to get it close to even have a birdie putt. Whereas yeah. kind of up the left side, I had a little bit further in, you know, but still, you know, maybe it's like 30 yards and I could just play a very straightforward bump right up the gut of the green. And then, you know, with that, taking it up the right side, if, if you hit a good drive, it's probably a, it's definitely an easy par, very good chance of birdie. If you hit a poor drive, you're struggling to make bogey on that hole. So, um, yeah, number six is definitely my favorite hole. Um, I'll kick it back to you. What, what was your, what was your, uh, your top choice? I'm, I'm sure, uh, I would guess I know what it is, but, uh, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll let you, uh, fill the folks in. Yeah, no, um, <clears throat> you know, it wasn't, I mean, you know, there were a lot of them that, I, I mean, I, I liked them all. Right. Uh, I really literally love all nine holes. Yeah. Um, number four though. Um, I, I like number four a lot. So, uh, number three and number four were back-to-back -back par fives, which was cool. Yeah, I, um, forgot I did forget that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, number four was um, par five, dogleg left, um, houses all down the right. I mean, literally from the tee box to the green. Um, and, you know, the really cool thing was the uh, the, the cemetery on, on the inside <laughs> of the dogleg. The cemetery uh, hazard. The, 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 the <laughs> ultimate hazard <laughs> final resting hazard <laughs> yeah um i mean you know how, how often do you see that on a golf course right like <laughs> um so yeah just really interesting um a bunker right on the the inside of the dog leg on the left there um yeah it was just it was just a cool hole um I found myself either uh, in the backyard or just outside of the backyard <laughs> of uh, the people's house uh, on the on the right side, it, exactly 130 yards from the green. Uh, I, I know that because I hit pitch and wedge from there every single time, multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, somehow I ended up in that yard or just outside it every time. So yeah, that's um, uh, that's hilarious to paint. I gotta paint folks the visual picture of. Um, you mentioned there's the dot there's the the bunker on the inside of the dog leg cemetery on the inside of the dog leg and so yeah. unless you wanted to be super risky and try to take it over the cemetery you really needed to stay right at that bunker which made the uh the layup shot you know kind of tricky the dog the dog leg the dog leg bent hard enough that keeping it right kind of short right or just right of that bunker you still really then have to turn a shot over to get it around the dog. Like, like right. you're not all the way past the dog leg at that point. So you're looking at right at somebody's backyard and you're needing to kind of turn, you know, turn the ball over to still get it around the dog leg. And, uh, and, and you were 
you were unsuccessful um, most of their loops in doing that, and yeah, found yeah, yourself not, uh, didn't didn't turn it over. <laughs> you literally pro- probably have made good friends now with uh, with the, uh, the the back the neighbors there, the little Florida room there outside, having a little tea. Um, and as folks either will hear or um, or have heard, I I talked to the uh, the GM of Winter Park. We recorded a little segment with him, and uh, I actually asked him if he would. If I created a little sign, would he put uh, <laughs> would he put a sign in those folks' backyard that said Cody's Corner? And so we'll see. The next time we play, we'll see if he's uh you know acquiesced to that to that request. But I hope I hope so. Yeah, can't can't argue with number four. I I, I easily could be talked into that being my favorite hole. And you didn't even yeah. mention um a really cool uh, green complex that falls off hard in the back if you kind of yeah. go for it. You know, if, uh, you know with a long iron. Or, or wooded club and you it comes in there hot you're off the back not an easy up and down Mm-mm. and then the uh the sun rail um express coming through the back um it's very cool in terms of uh, seeing the train come through every you know 30 minutes or so uh yeah number four a very cool hole uh well before we leave you know in particular you know, talking through in particular holes I guess any other holes that either stand out, memorable, uh, good stories, I'll let you take that and run with it. Yeah. So, I mean, um, you know, the hole that um, I I thought was maybe the most difficult uh, was, was actually the the shortest hole in the course. Um, The, uh, and, you know, people are going to say this is ridiculous, but the, the 228 yard par four, (laughs) ninth hole the shortest hole relative to par on the course (laughs) for uh for any of uh for any of my fellow hitters out there that struggle with a a high right miss uh number nine would would not be your friend uh parking lot all down the right side of the hole parking Uh, lot right clubhouse left (laughs) yeah Uh, i mean literally the part you know like just off the fairway of the parking lot was right, right there. Very so much was, in play. It was, it was uncomfortable. Anybody that parks there clearly has a very a low <laughs> insurance premium because, or, or yeah. doesn't understand how golf works. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Clubhouse on the left. Um, you really, you know, for a right-hander, you really needed to play a, like a left to right shot in there. Um, I guess really for a left-hander also, it would just be a draw instead of a fade, but um there was a really small bunker that sat right in the front center of the green, which is like exactly where you needed to land, land your shot, uh, you know, for it, for it coming in. So the, the word that I would use to describe number nine would be claustrophobic. Like it just had a very, <laughs> it just had a very claustrophobic feel to me. Um, first, first two times we played it, I, I mean, I tried to knock it on the green both times with a hybrid uh, and, did not do well at all. <clears throat> and then the last few times, if you remember, like I, I literally laid up, like I <laughs> yeah, laid like up I on a 228 yard par four. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was, that was really the way to play it though. For, for me, at least, you know, just play it short of that bunker and then just chip it up from there. Um, yeah. Claustrophobic yeah, so number is a good uh, word was, because it, and I think the reason it felt claustrophobic is what you just said. It's like, visually it's like okay this is a left to right shot and yet your eyes are drawn to the cars that if you do not hit a good solid quality left to right shot and it's a right to right shot 
then yeah. you're yeah you're paying for somebody's windshield. Um, so yeah, number nine was awesome, and I think it's awesome as a match play hole when you're you're coming down the stretch tied, which at least a couple times we were. That was the deciding hole. Yeah. It takes it to a whole new level of how do I want to attack this? You know, if I'm hitting first, if I'm hitting second, um, because it has a ton of strategy. In fact, except for the part threes, um, every hole out here has max strategy. Like you, you have to think through your T ball and your, uh, your approach shot to know, okay, where should I miss? Where do I want to miss? And number nine certainly was the, the epitome of that for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, I think the only other thing in terms of like, it's technically, technically not the golf course itself, uh, unless you really take this whole like back nine thing to heart. Um, but the other standout thing for me was that nine hole putting green. Again, they call it the back nine. They created it from the dollars that were saved being under budget on the restoration of the golf course. It was right there off of the ninth tee. It was right off of uh, Park Avenue and right by this old school, apparently house that had been relocated from another part of Winter Park. It's like this amazing historical old house and just the vibe of this putting green. Um, I think that really cemented Winter Park 9 for me as a, as a place that is welcoming and friendly to really everybody, no matter where you're at, uh, in terms of the game or how much time you have, yeah. uh, things like that. Um, then, don't know, don't know if you got that vibe or not. I, I think at, I think our first time around, like we saw the putting green and we were like, you know, Hey, cool. You know, I mean, it, it looked cool. Right. But then I think the vibe of it that you're talking about really came into play coming out of the second go around in that at that time, you know, it was, we were getting close to lunch. And, uh, so that first go around, it was old guys that were about to tee off, right. They were hitting a few putts before they, before they teed off that second time around, it was guys in, in business attire that were like clearly on their lunch break. Right. It was, uh, younger guys in flip flops and shorts and a t-shirt that like probably lived in the apartment complex that butted up to the other opposite side of the historic house that you're talking about that apartment complex that was right there. Um, like you could just tell it was just a place where people from winter park come when they have 30 minutes to spare and, and, and hit a few putts like that. That whole vibe was, was really cool. Um, kind of, kind of from then on. But I remember you kind of chiming in at one point um, with something I've actually heard a couple of other golf influencers say, um, I don't remember if it was on the set. I think it probably was the second loop when all those guys were clearly not there to play golf. They were just there yeah. for the putting course for a variety of reasons. And you said like, man, like every town should have one of these. Yeah. And that has stuck with me uh, ever since you said it. And then, you know, I've heard it um, said a couple more times, I obviously had the good fortune of going out to band and dunes and seeing the punch bowl. And so, uh, yeah, when you said that, it just kind of clicked with me that, yeah, wouldn't it be cool if every community had this course where anybody from a, a five-year-old to a 90-year-old goes out and enjoys themselves outdoors on, on the golf course? Well, as much as uh, sometimes we don't like to talk about keeping score, uh, shout out BC, 
folks always want to know <laughs> folks always want to know what did we shoot and remember folks this was how many not uh, let's see february is the second month this is the ninth month seven months ago um i don't have the scorecards in front of me but so i'm gonna so i'm gonna put you on the spot and throw you under the bus what what did, what did we shoot while we we're out there uh big fish um i don't remember <laughs> we played we played match play each uh each right week. right right and right. uh so uh yeah you know i remember winning most of those uh we, we don't need to go into detail about that i guess but uh easy I, the <laughs> I don't, well, it was our second or third time around. We did that four club challenge. Uh, I remember shooting one over that go around. I was particularly impressed with uh, with myself for that. <laughs> yeah, one over uh, that, one over four club challenge is impressive. That, that might have. I think that might have been like my my best round. I mean, I, I don't know that I beat that with a full set on any of the other three. Um. So yeah, no, I don't, I don't remember the other three to be honest. And I you know didn't really care to be honest with you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it, that's the beauty really, part didn't really care to keep keep track like just uh just played you know just enjoyed the course enjoyed where we were um enjoyed well, the company we were with you know yeah, it's such that a was, nice yeah, the company we'll, we'll get to that um <laughs> yeah i think i i don't remember either i do remember yeah you played really well um on the four club challenge uh i i remember you know we we intentionally decided to play you know different formats every time every every loop yeah, so I think the first one we just played our own ball, um, just to kind of get a sense of the place. Then we did the four club challenge. Then we played alternate shot kind of together. Um, then I literally don't remember what the last nine was. Um, but another great thing about it is you know, you're making multiple loops. You can kind of mix it up and not feel like you're getting cheated. I know a lot of folks like would never play a different format than play their own ball, keep score, yeah. put everything out, and this allows you to do multiple things uh and then yes ultimately you did play well and i had to play well to keep even give it in sniffing distance of you i know the the five the crispy five dollar lincoln <laughs> that we were playing for traded hands multiple times yeah gotta give it up going. to you you uh Back you you took home and are still in possession i'm sure you've got it right there handy uh the five dollar lincoln uh so kudos to you bud on, on taking home the the four loop championship uh yeah so, so i do not i don't want to leave the uh comment there about enjoyable people to play with let's talk playing companions so first loop it was just you and i i don't think we got paired up with anybody but then we had some total menace pairings uh take us to uh the have a camps as we as we started calling them uh joan and dan talk talk us through their vibe yeah, Joan and Dan, uh, husband and wife, elderly couple. Um, were they? F they might have been full time RVers. Uh, they also. were snowbirds. I they were. Yeah, they were, I don't yeah. remember what their northern town is, but they were. They yeah. were winter birds. No, but they were. Uh, they were a lot of fun. Um, Joan uh, just absolutely wore out the center of the face on her nine wood <laughs> that she carried. Um, she just blistered that thing from everywhere. Yeah, she was. Uh, it wouldn't have mattered if it was a ten-yard wide fairway; she would have been down the middle of it every time. Yeah. Um, no, they, they were a lot of fun. They were. Uh, yeah, 
it was it was cool that we got to meet them and play with them. And then uh, for our, for late in the day, kind of the happy hour round, we 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 bumped into uh, Jordan and Casey, a young couple, um, very very interesting, very East Coasters. They very at least Jordan seemed very kind of. Uh, uh, hopefully he's listening to this. He kind of had a little bit of a kind of a bar stool vibe to him. Um, but uh, talk about how we uh, kind of came to, to be in their pairing as we um, were trying to squeeze that last nine in. Yeah. So throughout the course of the day, the, the cool thing was that the pro shop really just worked with us to, to fit us in wherever they could. So, you know, the way that most people do it there is uh, because it's only a nine hole course, if you're going to play, 18, you know, if you're going to go around twice and play 18, you just have to make two tee times, you know, Um, like you can't just play nine and then keep going. Like, that's just not the way the tee sheet works there. So um, we, you know, they, because we were just kind of walking on, you know, they were very accommodating and just fitness in wherever they could. Um, So, so yeah, coming through that, that after the third loop, um, the last opening that they had was with Jordan and Casey and they had actually already teed off. So they were like, Hey, like, if you want to play, you got to go catch those people that are in one fairway right now. So we just <laughs> took off after them and, uh, probably scared the crap out of them coming up on one green. They were uh, physically nervous about like, <laughs> why are these guys running? <laughs> why are these guys running towards us? We were like, we just want to play golf. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, you're right. Uh, we did it. You know, we had, we had a tea time to start the day, like super early, like seven 30. So, cause we knew we wanted to play a lot. Um, but yeah, after that, it was really nice that they would work us in uh, with folks. And obviously it helps, right. That we're willing to play with anybody. Um, yeah. we didn't, uh, we just, at yeah. all. in fact, that probably adds to the experience of getting to, to, to meet some either locals or, or folks who are in town snowbirding. Well, kind of wrapping it up here, man. What if you had to say, like, why should people either go out of their way, or certainly if they're in Orlando, uh, go slightly out of their way to uh, to get to WP nine? Talk, talk, uh, give it, give us your your sales pitch, Big Fish. If um, if you want to go to Florida and play, you know, some of the big name courses, uh, certainly understandable, right? Like, I don't, you know, I, I don't think either of us would would fault anybody for that, but if you're wanting to just do something different, like to see something different, to play something, even those big name courses, right? Like they're the layouts of those are still very similar to any other course that you would play. They're just, they're just a lot nicer. Yeah. Um, but the general layout of them, right. Is, is, is still pretty similar. It's winter park nine. is just, it's just so different. Like it's, it's really like nothing that you've ever seen before in that, like we've said multiple times, like you're just, <laughs> you're just in the city of winter park nine. Um, the vibe is just really cool. You know, we talked earlier about the pro shop um, and just kind of the way that it's, it's positioned there. It's just like, like you're just amongst golf and other golfers yeah. uh, being there. You know, there's the, the big, like, even like we talked about before, like the, um, or when we were there, like, like the patio where everybody comes and hangs out, like, like there were people that were there eating, like that weren't playing golf. Like they just came there to like yeah. have lunch and just yeah. kind of hang out. And, um, that was the other thing that made number nine as nerve wracking as it was, is the, like I said, we had the, 
parking lot on the right and you had people eating lunch on the left, like looking at you, you know what I mean? Like it was, <laughs> yeah, you, um, you, do, you literally could have hit into their chicken salad if you, yeah. uh, if you hooked one over there. <laughs> yeah. So it was just, you just felt like you were just amongst people that were really passionate about golf, you know, and you weren't, you weren't, you weren't at a place with a bunch of other bag tag berries. Uh, you know what I mean? Just, <laughs> I mean, you know, like that's the way it is in some of the big places, right? Like most of those people are just there to, to, to check a box or, or whatever, you know? So like shout out to Barry. I <laughs> um, I just, I loved it. My, my family and I, we're spending this winter in Florida again, and I am uh, 100% going to be a, a regular at Winter Park 9 this, this winter. So, yeah, I think you nailed it right there about um, you just feel like you're amongst golf and, and golf lovers um and then you know this this may sound a little corny but it's just fun like you don't i know that folks when you're playing well you think golf is fun but if if you're just playing average or playing poorly like golf can be not fun at winter park you don't even care how you're playing the walk just feels very um soothing Again, short grass every, and when we say short grass everywhere, like literally everything is mowed to fairway height, right up to the bunkers, right up to the greens, adjacent fairways. Like we're not talking like in between holes. There's, there's a rough fairway grass everywhere, which is a blast. And so I think just fun. If I were to say one word, it would be fun. And then, yeah, the patio was awesome. We walked off after, after one nine and these old dudes were settling up their morning bets and just like roasting each other like no dude you didn't you didn't have a five there you had a you had a six i know you had a six like i'm not paying you it was it was great and then you know adjacent to uh and, and you can we can kind of tag team speak into this but um after the second loop we were we were hungry and wanted to go experience uh, some culinary uh treats from there uh, in downtown winter park I mean, max 10 minute walk. We left our clubs yeah. in the pro shop I mean, and, and walked down Park Avenue. I mean, literally, Main Street of Winter Park is the street that you cross from like one green to two T yep. and then from like eight green to nine T. So you literally, you literally just walk past, like you walk down number nine, walk past the putting green and you hang a left on Main Street. And you're, I mean, Winter Park Nine looks like any little popular main street you know like if you've been to any of those little towns where it's a really popular main street with just shops and restaurants and things like that like that's exactly what it looks like so yeah the pro shop was nice enough to let us leave our clubs in uh in kind of that back room um and yeah we just just literally just walked down number nine to go go get lunch and what a lunch it was but we'll leave that for another uh another podcast uh thanks to the (laughs) the uh the needham credit card uh you know yeah. always thank, always always wanted to earn keith some points you know thank, thank thanks keith appreciate that do it for the points uh well man can't thank you enough for getting up early on a, a saturday here um checking in from uh, rv command center out now right now are you in are you in uh mass are you a mass hole right now yeah we are uh we are in new england yeah we're in we're in massachusetts we're Very amongst cool. amongst the, the lobster Oh, lobster. Wicked, wicked good lobster out there. Well, Cud, appreciate uh, you jumping on, talking Winter Park 9. 
Uh, I'm fired up to go back. I'm going to be checking travel schedules, seeing when you're going to be there. Going to be hard pressed to not uh, come join you for a few loops at WP9. Uh, thanks, buddy. Have a great rest of your Northeastern experience, bud. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot for having me on. Appreciate it. All right. Well, now we're going to transition to very special guests um, that we recorded a bit of time with uh, a lot closer to February. And we will let our man, Mr. Needham, introduce him. Thanks, guys. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are excited to have yet another special guest here on the YSO podcast. And uh, this afternoon, we are joined by Greg Pascal, General Manager of Winter Park Golf Course down in Winter Park, Florida. Greg, how are you doing this afternoon? And how's the weather down there in Florida, my friend? Doing uh, fantastic. The weather is perfect. we got a full tee sheet and the golf course is in great shape, so... All good things. All good things. Now, our man Jay Till was down there in Florida a couple weeks ago, played the course, and hasn't stopped raving about it since he came back to Oklahoma City. So we're excited to have you on and, and so thankful that you're able to join us. But before we get into the golf course itself and all the uh, the, the golf course sicko stuff that Jay Till is going to uh, tee you up and ask you about, you know, tell our listeners a little bit about maybe, you know, what brought you to Winter Park and kind of your role there at the course. Um. I started basically, uh, you know, we've got a lot of recognition and we'll get into that a little bit um, since 2016 when there was a major renovation. So um, basically I came to the course during the time that the course was closed while the renovations were being done. And um, the city kind of wanted to start from scratch um, with everything, including the staff. And uh, I interviewed for the position at that time um, and was lucky enough to, to come on board. I had spent the past 18 years here in Central Florida at a, a course called the Legacy Club at Alco Lakes. Uh, it's a private club up in Longwood. And uh, I spent 18 years there, um, uh, starting as a head pro, membership director, um, and up to assistant general manager uh, before I made the move to Winter Park Nine. Well, that gives us a little bit of context, certainly for some of the rest of our conversation, and really to make sure folks have an understanding of Winter Park as a golf course. Can you give us somewhat of a maybe a Cliffs Notes version of the history of the Winter Park golf course? Uh, from what I've learned since 2016, for sure, um, the the course has been here since 1914, and um, it's you know gone through some changes over the years. In fact, if you ever visit us, we have a timeline of our history, um, kind of up in the golf shop along the uh, top wall of the golf shop. That goes from 1914 all the way up to the renovation in 2016. Um, but there have been some changes. Um, most notably, uh, you know, at, at one time there were 27 holes here uh, that went all the way out to um, Orlando Avenue, um, which is now some pretty prime real estate. Uh, there was also nine holes uh, down at the other end of Park Avenue, if you know, you know where we are. Park Avenue kind of uh, runs through the, the center of um, town in Winter Park. And um, it's a beautiful uh, avenue for, for shopping and uh, restaurants. Uh, our Central Park is located there as well. At the one end, uh, the opposite end of us uh, is Rollins College. And then, um, you know, we're at the opposite end of, of Park Avenue. So, um, you know, just strolling the avenue where the train station is and, and going back and forth um, is where the nine sits now. But uh, as I said, it kind of went all the way um, over to, um, just looking at this map, kind of over to uh, Orlando Avenue, 
And uh, all of this was, was filled with, uh, um, you know, golf holes at one time. Again, if you visit us and uh, you use the men's room, we actually have a, um, a, a photo. Well, it's, it's kind of like almost like a painting up in the um, area in there that shows where the actual uh, other golf holes used to be and the history of it. And, um, but uh, it's pretty much been this way, I believe, since like the late 60s, if I'm not mistaken, where it's just been the, the nine holes that are uh, footprinted here now. Yeah, I did see that. Uh, that photo in the men's room that has the different routings uh, over the years, which is very interesting. And it, it starts to make a little more sense when you see that, uh, that it didn't used to be uh, real estate and houses. And, uh, yeah, very, very well done you know, neighborhood. And it feels very intimate, uh, but it kind of makes a little more sense. When we kind of fast forward from the history to 2016, you already mentioned it a couple times when the the big renovation happened. I guess curious, what brought about the decision to make that large-scale investment in the golf course? Um, kind of the decision-making process, and then ultimately who you brought on to uh, to pull that off. Yeah. Um, again, j just to kind of reference, I came on board in 2016. However, um, you know, have learned kind of what transpired prior to to me coming on board. Basically, the, the course was was losing a lot of money, um, upwards of around $200,000, $250,000 a year uh, for, I believe, like 11 straight years where the city was just subsidizing that money, basically writing a check to keep the golf course open. Uh, we're the largest park in Winter Park. I work for the Parks Department, a proud member of the, the Parks Department staff. Um, everything is in, internal. Um, and, um, you know, we're, like I said, the largest park in Winter Park. What happened during that time is that uh, the conversation came up more along the lines of the irrigation system that was put in, I believe in the early 80s, had just completely um, died out. And so <clears throat> Ed, uh, Ed Batchelor, who's our superintendent, he was a superintendent prior to the renovation as well, was having a heck of a, a, a time growing grass and any type of grass uh, because the irrigation system wasn't working very well. So the way I understand it is that kind of led to a bigger conversation is that the, the irrigation system had to be replaced. They were uh, doing some quotes on, on getting that done. You know, it's going to be somewhere around, of, of around uh, $350,000, $400,000 just to do the irrigation. And uh, uh, the mayor at the time um, was working with um, and had appointed a task force that involved some uh, pretty heavy hitters in the golf industry, uh, as well as um, uh, Gary Deal, who was um, the chairperson of that uh, committee. And what they did was put together a plan to say, a business plan that said, well, what if we did this? If we are gonna spend this money on upgrading the irrigation system, which has to be done, what if we spent a little bit more money and did something special um, you know, with, the, with the property? Um, and so, you know, fast forward to uh, the task force being put together um, and bringing on uh, Keith uh, Reb and Riley Johns, um, who just did a tremendous job of, um, you know, not only doing the, the irrigation, but reshaping the entire golf course, <clears throat> adding undulations, you know, topography. I mean, when I tell you this place was a flat piece of land, it was they used to have a car show out here where they just brought cars in and parked on the first and ninth <laughs> fairway. It was awesome. just a flat piece of property, you know, postage stamp greens, the, the bunkers, you couldn't even tell there were bunkers because they were so flat. 
I never played the golf course. I've been in central Florida since 1998. I had never played the golf course and driven by it. And I've heard this from so many people, you know, I've driven by it a whole bunch of times, never really bothered to come and play. Um, and so that, that's kind of what transpired. So uh, Mayor Leary um, and the task force, uh, you know, kind of went to the commission um, uh, everything here in the city, as most cities are, are done through um, the uh, uh, commissioners, um, and they were able to get it passed through the commission where they were going to spend, instead of that 400000 just on the irrigation, they got approved to spend about $1.2 million at the time uh, to do an entire renovation. And, uh, you know, Keith and Riley came in and, and just absolutely owned it did all the work themselves, you know, it was, it was a, a really neat thing that they, you know, embraced the community, the, the community embraced them. Again, I didn't have a chance to meet Keith or Ryan until, you know, long after this, after the springs were down, but, you know, um, that was a, a, a big part of it. And to this day, I mean, Keith actually lives in Winter Park now, um, is back uh, all the time. We, you know, keep communication with them. Uh, they are uh, part of our golf advisory board now that kind of oversees the golf course. And um, so we're really still um, involved in a lot of the decisions that, um, you know, moving forward are trying to improve what has turned out to be uh, a, a wonderful improvement already where, you know, we've gotten so many accolades since 2016. It's, it's you know, tough to list them all. Uh, being even, you know, sitting on a podcast, this isn't really my thing. I'm a behind the scenes type of guy. So, <laughs> Um, you know, doing these types of things and, and talking about the course is great. I love it. Love talking about it, but not really, um, you know, kind of what I envisioned when I first started for sure. Well, uh, go ahead. Keith. I was going to say that's great stuff, Greg. But you're doing a great job here uh, on the podcast. <laughs> no, no issues, no worries there, man. So you got to get, got to get you in front of the camera in front of the microphone more often. But, you know, I, I think, you know, one of the questions and you mentioned a lot of the work that that's been put into the course, you know, right before 2016 and then thereafter, but, you know, the place has, you know, garnered kind of a, a cult following to a certain degree amongst golf sickos in the world. You know what? Speak to that a little bit. You know, obviously a lot of that work is is probably to be credited for it. But uh, talk to us a little bit about that. So, you know, that's kind of one of the things I really didn't, you know, expect or, or um, you know, um, envision when I first started. You know, I was kind of coming on board. I, I saw a position posted for a, a city job at a city golf course and. Um, you know, you, you kind of come in and you, you meet everybody and you, 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 you know, think that you can help and you're fortunate enough to get the position and, you know, all those basic things that are, are you know, uh, part of just golf operations, which has been my entire life. Then you add in, you know, what has kind of transpired since then. And, um, you know, Golf Magazine just named us the number 41 course, nine hole course in the world, not even the country, in the world. I mean, you know, these things are amazing. How that happened, I think, really is, is um, uh, a credit to, you know, the guys at the Golf Channel and, and probably most notably Matt Janella, um, who at the time was living in Winter Park. Obviously, the Golf Channel was here. Um, uh, Gary Williams, uh, you know, all of those guys, uh, and, and, uh, you know, one of the main producers, Matt Haggerty, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention his name because he was part of the, the, uh, the task force and getting things done, um, and really kind of putting this place on the map to give it that, that chance. Um, you know, Matt started, uh, you know, playing out here and just through those organic tweets or, or just talking on morning drive, these guys talking about us. You know, they would come over with their kids and come over and play. Damon Hack has three boys, and he would bring them over for lessons over here. And, 
you know, Gary Williams had sneak out at the end of the day. So all these guys just, you know, started tweeting about us and, and what a special place and, and the, you know, the, the job that Keith and Riley did. <clears throat> again, I kind of, you know, made reference to this again, I, I'm really not, you know, um, I, I don't know a lot about, you know, the golf channel guys or, uh, golf in general, I follow it. I love it, but I'm not entwined in it like a lot of people are. So I've been trying to learn to navigate that myself, um, where this whole other thing came in, where it's just like the whole golf world is looking at us. And, you know, I've had many conversations since, um, you know, the success of us has, has gotten out there. So maybe not in the podcast, but, you know, other cities calling up, hey, you know, we're looking to do the same type of thing. What do you, you know, what did you guys do? Uh, you know, so a lot of those conversations. So I, I would credit it to Matt, um, Janella, and, and and even Keith and Riley. They are very uh, active on social media and, and kind of getting the word out there and all of their contacts and all of these big names in the golf industry uh, who have helped kind of promote that. Where now, um, you know, we have kind of gotten that reputation and it's it's pretty cool to be a part of for sure. I think it is very cool the way that in this day and age, um, you know, where you have had that kind of high-level mainstream uh, focus from from the Golf Channel. You mentioned Matt Janella; he has a, a lot of tentacles into the golf world. Uh, but how e- even uh, things that you know you mentioned social media when things go viral, it's kind of wild uh, how much uh, widespread attention something can get and. Now, my next question is is along those lines. Um, you know, <clears throat> Winter Park Nine is now a, a new course category for me personally called uh, courses you will extend your vacation by a day to play. And so, uh, happy that we have a new new list we can put together a top one hundred. I'm on keeping I'm keeping sure. tabs. I've got a spreadsheet. But um, you know, with that kind of popularity, how have you handled kind of the the increased demand, the increased popularity, folks that? Uh, you know, are, are coming through Orlando or, or even specifically traveling there to, to play your golf course? Uh, well, throw in a worldwide pandemic, right? Into the <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, and uh, I would answer, I have no idea. We're just winging it as best we can. No, you know, I mean, um, we've, we've kind of gotten a, a system in place now where, um, you know, uh, we, we make it pretty easy. One of the things that was kind of part of the course before and a really old school thing was, you know, they had a ball drop on the first tee where basically you show up, you, you drop your ball on that ball drop. And then, you know, as the, the balls increase, your tee time is based upon when your ball gets to the bottom of that list. Um, you know, one of the first things that we did was we, we switched to a tee time system here. Um, probably wasn't the most popular decision at the time uh, because everybody really loved kind of the old school feel of that. Um, however, with the amount of play that we're getting, it has uh, turned out to be, you know, the right decision. Um, just, you know, with everybody booking on golf now and, you know, people don't even want to call anybody anymore. You know, you just want to book online. Um, it's really kind of helped us. <clears throat> and along those lines, you know, as I mentioned, the pandemic, you know, we were closed for um, close to two months, 45 days, um, you know, from late March uh, through early May of last year, completely closed, shut down. Um, and then slowly started getting back open uh, where we were twosomes only for a while. You could only book online for a while. We weren't accepting cash. So we're, we're kind of starting to come out of that a little bit as, as I think, you know, the world is, um, you know, which is great. We're still, you know, uh, trying to be as safe as we can. <clears throat> a couple of neat things that happened through that though were, um, 
you know, with, with the tea times, one of the things when we were getting the phone calls, especially during the pandemic, is that, um, you know, the only tea times that we were taking were, were through our membership. And so, you know, at the time we had about 100 members uh, that you could buy an annual membership to the golf course. And I think just organically by us answering the phone and saying, well, you have to book online if you're not one of our members, it started those questions, well, what do you have to do to be a member? And, and so organically, uh, I just did the count this morning. We, we basically doubled our membership. We are at 200 members wow. right now. That's great. From where we were, were, were last March. Um, and so um, it, it all kind of uh, winds back to your question, um, how do you handle it? Basically, we have, you know, tea time set up. We've blocked off tea times. Uh, members can book up to seven days in advance. So they have a four-day booking window before general public can book. General public can only book up to three days in advance. So it keeps it pretty easy for us where we can adjust things uh, accordingly based upon, you know, what we have going on, but we spread out the tea times a little bit. And that was more of a COVID thing than anything to try to just keep uh, people coming in, leaving separated as best we can. And then, you know, hopefully soon enough, we'll even be able to open up a few more tea times throughout the course of the day to accommodate more people. Because I can tell you right now that Monday doesn't feel much different than Friday or Saturday and Sunday anymore. We are pretty much a full tea sheet every single day throw in the weather that you're talking about, um, you know, and, and people coming to visit. Um, it's, uh, it's been uh, very, very successful. Well, Greg, you know, maybe a controversial question here, but we always like to ask our guys and gals that are associated with a particular golf course, whether they be golf pros, superintendents, general managers, such as yourself, but have to ask you favorite hole at winter park. <clears throat> I'm going to say favorite is number nine. Um, and, and uh, you know, to kind of touch uh, back upon Keith and Riley and, and the uh, golf board, you know, we're not kind of just, um, you know, sitting around saying, oh, hey, this is great. Uh, we're constantly trying to make the golf course better. Number nine, after the original redesign in 2016, Keith and Riley kind of had always wanted to put a little pot bunker. It's a, it's a short par four. Um, I think it's about 220 yards, um, you know, par four. And, um, you know, great green complex bunker on the right-hand side. And so, you know, one of the things that um, we did as, as a board was we actually uh, voted to have Keith and Riley come back in 2000, uh, late 2017, early 2018, and actually do some uh, additions to the golf course. And one of those additions was a pot bunker on number nine. And I think that just really makes the hole. So um, I would say that's, that's my favorite. Most difficult, I would say number two, the Raiders don't agree, but uh, it's a par three and it's uh, it's only a wedge, but man, it's just a uh, elevated green and it's very uh, difficult green to hit. Yeah. You got to hit your spot on number two or it is not going to stay, uh, not going to stay with the green. Just hit it. I don't care where the pin is. Hit it out the middle of the green. I guess uh, um, I read that that was some of the advice that uh, Freddie couples gave tiger when he first played on, on number 12 in Augusta. So I'll do the same thing even though I'm not Freddie Couples. Totally agree. Anything on the green on two, you, you take and you try to get your two putt and get out of there. Um, I, you know, we talked a little bit about this. My uh, my good friend, Cody Fisher, uh, Big Fish, Malibu Cody, a lot of different nicknames for this guy. Uh, I had the pleasure of, of doing four loops with him while we were in town or while I was in town. And we, we kind of honed in on number four uh, as our favorite, uh, somewhat for its uniqueness in terms of kind of wrapping around the – the cemetery has that uh, you know, fairway bunker on the inside of the dog leg that you can try to challenge or you go out to the right. Uh, you know, it's kind of a short par five on the card. doesn't play short. And inevitably, um, Cody and in his kind of late, not really late, I guess a layup, second shot, 
would flame it out to the the far right of the dog leg and uh, into the close to some folks' backyards. And so we've want to know if, if officially we can get a sign over there and calling that uh, Cody's Corner. <laughs> well, we're not too big on signage out here on the <laughs> golf course. So give a hard no to that right there, but uh, it'll live in our hearts and minds forever. You know, now that you say that, for sure. I, I, I have a feeling if we did put up a sign, it had to have more than Cody's name on it. The way that hole is designed, I bet uh, we need to probably need to send a thank you note or a condolences note to the people that live off of number four there to the right. They probably get a few a uh, few visitors to their backyard. But uh, <laughs> thanks for indulging that one. <laughs> Well, Greg, one of the questions I always like to ask our guest is favorite 19th hole there in Winter Park. So let's say you make a loop, maybe a couple loops. Uh, where do you kind of go hang out, post-round hangout there uh, nearby the course? Well, there's many of them, as I said, along Park Avenue. Um, but I would say the porch. Um, great food, um, tons of TVs, great service, good people. Um, and it's uh, it's not too far from the golf course as well. Um Trying to look at your map here, if I can see where it is. But um, yeah, that's where I would say head to the porch. Always have a good time at the porch. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, and I would add to that, you know, there, it's a it's an absolutely fantastic vibe. And certainly, once COVID kind of maybe lets up, this is more uh, uh, doable. But right there on the the patio, underneath the uh, kind of the, the lights and the trees. I mean, I can't think of too many better places I'd want to kick up with a with a cold beer and, and relive some. Relive some golf bets, uh, pay off those golf bets, uh, mostly in my case, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, speaking of the vibe that you have there, I, I got to say, and I don't know if this is a question or more just a comment, compliment, but just very impressed with the pro shop and the merchandise. Uh, you know, you go into a lot of pro shops and there's a lot of, a lot of stuff, um, you know, maybe isn't was very well thought out. And our experience was uh, the opposite of that, just very well curated, things that uh, you kind of have a hard time deciding kind of what you're going to take home. Uh, who, who's responsible for that? How do you kind of curate that and, and make sure that folks who come in kind of have a good you know, retail experience, if you will? Yeah, well, thank you, um, because I do all the merchandising um, in the shop. Um, wear a lot of hats. I mean, that was kind of one of the things um, – you know, when we, when we first started, when I interviewed for the position, it was like, where, where can we, you know, make a, make a change. And, uh, but I'd also say that, you know, they, they brought in a, um, an outside firm to do the WP9 logo, which has been just tremendous for us. Um, and everybody really loves the logo so much that it really helps uh, merchandise sales. But um, it's, it's a, a pretty simple plan. Basically, we just try to do some different, you know, price points. Um, you know, our green fees range anywhere from 15 to $22. So, you know, we're not Pebble Beach. Um, however, we are Winter Park and, um, you know, uh, we, we like to have uh, nice things for shop along Park Avenue. You, you'll kind of know what I mean. Oh, so yeah. have, having that variety, um, you know, was, was really important and continues to be. So, you know, we have price points of, uh, you know, shirts that are, you know, 36 to $40. And then we have, you know, high end up to, you know, 80 to $100. Uh, so there's a little something for everybody. And um, and then, you know, just trying to keep the basics uh, in stock where, you know, if somebody's coming, you want to have a T-shirt, just got some hoodies in, you know, those types of things um, where uh, we, we just stay consistent with those. The guys laugh at me in the shop. I, I tend to just kind of do basic stuff, you know, solid shirts, striped shirts, nothing too crazy. Uh, we have a small budget. We have a small golf shop. So 
um, you know, turning things over is important, but uh, thank you. I appreciate the, the compliment for sure. Yeah, well, absolutely well-deserved. I, I will say that, you know, when I, when I got home and, you know, my, my wife, uh, I don't know if she'd already looked at the, the credit card bill or what was going on, but she said, now what, what's going on? You know, that's supposed to be, you know, you said it was a kind of a very affordable golf course. So what's this charge? I was like, well, kind of went a little crazy. I spent, I spent about four times more on merch than I did on my, my green fees. So credit to you for, uh, you know, setting the hook and delivering. Cause I'm, I'm fully outfitted at this point. <laughs> Appreciate it. Great stuff. Well, well, Greg, you know, you mentioned earlier, you know, that you are a proud member of the Parks and Rec group there. So I, before we get you out of here, and you've been gracious with your time, we certainly appreciate that. You know, I, I got to ask you, you know, Parks and Rec fan of the TV show, and if so, you know, which, which character would, would you maybe relate to more, or which guy or gal are you on the show? You know, uh, I, I'm familiar with the show, and I watched a couple episodes Um I, I really would have no idea. Um, I, you know, they don't have a golf course in the show, so I, you know, I'll uh, abstain from uh, picking somebody. But yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe you might send them a little. Golf, maybe on a golf course or something. I don't even. Do they still do that show, or is it all over? No, I think it's over with now. But it sounds like okay. we we've got a spinoff coming here, right? So that's what I'm hearing, Greg. So <laughs> great stuff. Well, Greg, we do appreciate your time again. I I can't emphasize enough what a great experience uh, myself and Cody had while we were there. Uh, very uh, genuinely difficult to, to pull ourselves away uh, and, and leave. So you've done a great job with um, everything that's happening there at WP9, and we appreciate you coming on with us. Thanks very much. I appreciate you guys having me, and uh, glad you had a good time, and you're always welcome. Love to see you back. Thanks a bunch. Absolutely. Thanks, Greg. All right, guys. Take care. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Another course review from the YSO podcast. This one being, of course, Winter Park 9 down in Winter Park, Florida. So, uh, plugs, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at YSO Golf, or you can follow Jonathan for his pictures out there on Instagram at Jonathan W. Teal uh, for a lot of the pictures and photos that he takes out on the golf courses and all the fun places that we get to go. And then, for of course, for the Sports Pros Network, you can check us out at fantasysportspros.com or follow us on Twitter at sports underscore pros. And remember, that is pros with an E, ladies and gentlemen. So I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Again, we look forward to talking to you next time. And as always, get out there and enjoy the walk. Mm-hmm.